0: Romans chapter 8 verse 26 it says this In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses we do not know what we ought to pray but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless or wordless groans I want you to focus on the word weakness here The Bible is saying that we are weak when it comes to prayer That means we sometimes don't know what to pray and sometimes when we think we know what to pray, we pray the wrong thing, <laughs> or we don't use the right words. In other words, there's, this is a weakness that we have. And that weakness is there, why? Because of sin, because of our suffering, because of our lack of faith sometimes, and because of our just plain humanity. We're humans. So these are weaknesses that we face every single day. But the Holy Spirit knows those weaknesses, and that's why he's there. He's not there to point out our weaknesses. He's, he's there to help us with our weaknesses. Can you say amen to that? So he's there to give us a hand, to show us what we should pray for, how we should pray, when we should pray. He's the one who gives us the desires to pray. He's there together with us. Whatever it is that we need, he's there. He's there to help us. Amen? He's, he's a part of this journey. He didn't come to just... Sit by our side and look at us and just cheer us on. He came to actually give us a hand to support us. Okay, as a matter of fact, the word in, in the in um, the the word comforter in the New Testament, which describes the Holy Spirit, is the Greek word Parakletos. Para to mean to stand by somebody, like paramedics. A paramedic is, is there to stand by you when you have an emergency, and they work and help you to recover. So that's the Holy Spirit's job, just to not just to stay by your side, but to, but to help you, to give you a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is yours is his. What is his is yours. You know, in our household, we have this rule. <clears throat> Actually, it's a rule between my wife and I, <clears throat> and it goes like this. Whatever is hers is hers. Whatever is mine is ours. I try to change this rule, but it hasn't worked for over 33 years. Whenever she buys something or has something and I want it, she looks at me like, you're not getting this because it's mine. Don't touch it. And And she lets me know that I'm not to touch whatever it is that she has and belongs to her. But whenever I buy something for me, when I buy food or something that she likes, she looks at me like, aren't you going to give me some? (laughs) And then she turns around and says, don't you remember that whatever is yours is mine too? Can you relate to that, husbands? Yeah. So, (laughs) whatever is ours is God's. Okay. Even our weaknesses. He doesn't just help us with our weaknesses. He takes on our weaknesses and pulls us through it. So if you're here and you're wondering, how can I pray? Do I know how to pray? Sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I don't know how to pray. Well, the good news for you this morning is you have the Holy Spirit in you who is ready, willing to help you with your prayer life. Amen. So what do I need to do? Just start praying. <laughs> Just start praying, and you're going to see how he's going to inspire you, give you the words, give you the, the direction in your prayer life, and he's gonna, you're going to see that there is true strength in you already given by God for your prayer life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Number two, what he likes to do and what he does, his desires... He gives rise to faith, repentance, and obedience. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart. Say with me, new heart. heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. Okay? And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you. And notice that next word, I will move you. I will move you. Glory to God. (laughs) Isn't that good news? I will move you. That means we're not alone. That means we're not alone to fight our flesh by ourselves. We have the Spirit of God who moves us, it says, to follow his decrees and be careful to keep his laws. Not to keep his laws to be saved, but to do what pleases God. You understand? We don't keep laws to be saved. We, we, we follow the power of the Holy Spirit, and by following his power, his direction, we fulfill and do what's pleasing to God, which is reflected in the laws of God. You understand the difference? I just want to make that clear. I just want to put that out there, okay? So the Holy Spirit's job is to work in us what? The obedience that God wants. And the repentance that God is looking for as well, because we're all messed up. A lot of times what makes it even worse is that we don't see how messed we are sometimes. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit is there to show us, listen, you made a mistake here, you made a mistake there. You shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. Come here, come on. Do you see it? Come here, I'm going to help you. But you have to see it first. You have to see your mistakes. You have to see your sins. Turn away from it. Come to me, and I will help you. That's called repentance. He is working that Why? That's part of the new heart he has given you. That's part of the new spirit that he's put in you. It is a new heart. It's a new spirit that's working out the righteousness of God in your life. Now, some of you think, oh, I'll never change. This part of me will never. I'm going to go to the grave with these things in my life. Not true. Because the Bible says he give you a new heart, he give you a new spirit. The Bible says he has removed that heart of stone that could never change and give you a heart of flesh, which means new desires. And not only that, but he said, I'm going to move you to obey me. Wow, amen. That's a lot that God did for you, man. So there's so much power outside of ourselves and in us that leads me to believe that God can do it and he can really change us and he is changing us. So if you're here and you're saying, oh, I'll never change. This, I'm just going to die this way. No, that's not true. That's not what the word of God says. You just need to believe what God says and stop believing your own lives. Hallelujah. Amen. So he is there to... Rise up in faith, give rise to faith in our hearts, believe that he is there to help us. I mean, once I believe that he is there and he is helping me, that's going to encourage me. That's going to renew my faith to believe that this thing, this thing here can change. My life can change. It doesn't have to be re- remain the same. He always leads me to repent, to show me my mistakes, not to condemn me, but to help me pull out of it. See, before he rescues you, you have to believe that you need rescuing. Before he helps you, you have to believe that you need help. <laughs> it's called repentance. And he will be there to show you your mistake and to bring you back to where God wants you to be. Amen. amen. And he's the one who will lead you to perfect obedience. It's, it's by him. Bible says it's not by power, not by might. It's by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. So he is there to help you, to lead you into Perfect obedience. Now, that obedience might be little at a time, little here, but little there, but he is working. He is developing that obedience in you, okay? Next thing that he does is that he assures us that we are God's children. Did you, know, you know that you're God's child? You are God's child, okay? And he wants to reveal to you the Father's love to you, okay? And he gives you access to the Father as well. You know, He wants you to experience how much the Father loves you in your heart. A lot of you are here, and you feel devoid of love. You feel like nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, or in your heart it feels empty at times. Well, that is because you are focusing on everything else except what God promises that He will give to you and do for you. You know, you're looking for love in other places. And you're not finding it. The Bible says here, then let's look at it. It's found in John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, if you love me, sh- show it by, and this is the message, okay? This is the message translation. John 14, <clears> Oh, <throat> well, actually, yeah, John 14, verse, chapter 14, verse 16. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him because, or can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. Doesn't, doesn't know what to look for, but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am Coming back, Hallelujah. isn't that good news? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow! Hallelujah. So Jesus said, uh, "You're not no orphans in my kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna come back one day, but until I do, there's another person, just as powerful as I am. He's also God, who is the one who helped me when I walked on planet Earth. It's called the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you Him." So He didn't give us something less than what He had. He gave us the same power, the same Spirit that helped Him to see how much the Father loved Him. Amen? You understand? And He gave us the same Holy Spirit. And His job, the Holy Spirit's job, is for us to uh, know that we are not orphaned. We don't have to live in unbelief. We don't have to live striving, fighting, fearful of tomorrow about everything in life because that is what an orphan does. An orphan has to fight for himself. If he doesn't protect himself, fight for himself, there's no guarantee in his mind that his tomorrow will be there. That's an orphan mentality. God wants to give you a sonship mentality, a childlike mentality that doesn't worry or strive or fear, but knows that the provision will come when he needs it. You know, I'm a grandfather for the first time in my life. It's been two weeks now into the grandfather experience. (laughs) And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful experience. But one thing that I've noticed with my grandson, you know, when he just... Makes the make it sound like he's going to cry. You know, he's not crying. He just makes, starts that, uh. You see my wife, you see my daughter, you see everybody just jump on him and say, What does he need? Does he need food? Is he wet? Is there poop? Is there this? You gotta change him. What's wrong? And they're there with the, with the milk bottle, they're there with the Diapers. They're, they're ready to give him whatever he needs. And he's just barely started crying. Why is that? Because he has our full attention. Our attention, our desire as parents and grandparents and as aunts and uncles is to provide for that child. That's our desire. And it comes Innate in us. We, we, we have that coming from our hearts. Okay? Who do you think gave us that? The Bible says we were created in God's image and in his likeness. So we have the characteristics of God. Even in a fallen state, we still have those characteristics. those fa- That fatherly love. That fatherly care. So in the kingdom, the, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as, as an orphan. You may think or act like an orphan, but you're not an orphan. Because right now, if you are a Christian, you belong to him and he belongs to you. And he has declared himself to be your father. A father has children or else he's not a father. He's just an individual. He calls himself a father. Why? Because he is the provider. He has children. He has a family. And he doesn't have grandchildren. He only has only children. And you're his child. And he is taking care of you whether you know it or not. He is taking care of you. The problem is that we have a father who loves us and is taking care of us, but we think like an orphan. So we live our lives every day like, like nothing's going to happen unless we move it, unless we do something. And that leads us to fear, to anxiety, and to worry. When, it, when at every moment of our lives he is watching us, He's taking care of us. What God wants for you and I is just to believe him and trust him. So that instead of striving and living in fear every day, we would just walk in peace and enjoy every day of our lives. Okay, Romans 5.5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The Holy Spirit reveals that love that has been poured out to us. He's the one who makes it real. He's the one who gives a heart that says, I know God loves me. Amen. And he witnesses that into us so that it becomes real. It's the the job of the Holy Spirit to do that, okay? Here's another desire of the Holy Spirit. Another desire of the Holy Spirit is to make us more like Jesus. To make you and I more like Jesus. John 16, 13 through 5. John 16, 13-5 says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me, and he will make it known to to you, So everything that Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit will come and make it known to you. Why? Because he wants you to know it. Because by knowing it, you're going to have the chance, the opportunity to do it and to become it. See, because God's words are not just plain words. They come with power. Power to change us. So he wants to reveal. He wants to speak. As I'm preaching this morning, reading the scripture, that's the Holy Spirit behind it. The preaching, behind the teaching, to remind you of the promises that he said. Why? Because through those promises, he's going to work and show you how he is working and changing your life to become more like Jesus. Praise God. Amen. So he wants you to look more like Jesus every single day. That's his passion. That's his goal. That's the Holy Spirit's desire. To transform you, to transform those bad attitudes into good attitudes, transform that unbelief into living by faith and trusting the Father for everything. He wants to teach you how to actually uh, enjoy a relationship with the Father instead of always running around like nobody cares about you, nobody loves you, nobody gives you attention, that orphan mentality. He wants to teach you that there is somebody who cares about you, who loves you, who gave his life for you, and is helping you every single day. And as you look to him, you become more like him. <laughs> as you listen to him, you will act more like him. That's his desire for your life. Amen? And he is faithful in doing that. The next desire of the Holy Spirit is that he is your counselor, teacher, and your comforter. Say it with me, counselor, teacher, and comforter. Okay. In the book of John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. All these are good news. Amen. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is your counselor. Counselor, meaning he's your comforter. Are you in need of comfort here today? Is there something that's bothering your heart? Is there something that's weighing down in your soul? Okay, He's your comforter. So the first thing he's going to do is remind you of what Jesus has said for you. And he's going to remind you that Jesus, like he said, has peace for you. That word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. He's got a peace that will surpass your understanding. In other words, you may be in the midst of suffering right now, in the midst of problems, not knowing what to do. That peace will come right in the middle of all that and settle you down. Amen? And he will settle you down. That's the peace that God gives. So it's a comfort and peace, the peace that puts you in a state of relaxation of worry-free, restful living. That is good news for us, isn't it? He's your teacher. He's going to teach us all things. What are are the all things? All things that Jesus has taught us. He's going to remind you of them. He's the one who teaches us. He's the one who shows us. And he will use people like me. He will use other people. But it will be the Holy Spirit using all of his resources to teach us. He's our encourager. How many, will, how many are thankful for encouragement at times? <laughs> well, guess who is bringing the encouragement into your life? It's the Holy Spirit. You may be here alone. You may be here as an immigrant. You left your family behind and you need encouragement. He is there to encourage you. He will show you that you're not alone. You may be feeling lonely, but you're not alone. Alone. He is there to help you. He is there to comfort you. He will secure your heart so that you feel like you are taken care of and you feel settled and not unsettled. He will do that. Even when you're by yourself. Maybe you're here without your family. Maybe you're here without your children. Maybe your children were left behind somewhere. Maybe you have everybody around you but you still feel alone. Either way, he is the one who will encourage you. He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will make you strong in the middle of all that. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's all that. You know, sometimes we think, oh, if I only had somebody by my side. You know what would happen if you had somebody by your side? You have more trouble, more problems, because with people come problems. And I say that because we depend on people too much instead of depending on the Lord. We think people are going to bring a solution and help us. We think a new husband, a new wife is going to help us. There's going to be that magical thing in our lives that's going to help us or, or move us or, or do what we always wanted to happen in our lives. We think of these, see, the problem with us is that we're looking for power. We're looking for love. We're looking for a relationship everywhere else except with God. And everything that I'm telling you to, to hear, some of you just don't believe, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm not here to make you believe. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm here to show you the truth. That's my job, and then your job is to believe it or not. Okay? My job is just to show you. That's as far as I go. <laughs> but if you don't believe it, that's fine, you know. But if you do believe it, that's awesome. Okay? But that's your job. So the reason why we don't experience all of this is because we are looking in the wrong places. We're thinking that a, a, a new girlfriend is going to bring a solution to our life. We think that a new job, a promotion, or, or even, our, even uh, our legalization is going to be the final solution for our lives. No, after it be legal in this country, there's going to come more problems. Then you have to pay taxes. And then you have to work, continue working. Okay? So we think that once we get what we think is going to be the, the solution for our lives, we find that that is not the solution. There's always something else that we need or want in our lives. And the worst thing that we can do is think that people are going to be the solution for our lives. No, people are not the solution. They are a solution that God will bring to you sometimes at a season in your life. On, but they're not the solution. And that's why a lot of you are, 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 are here with an aching heart. You're here and you're afraid, you're fearful. Why? Because you've trusted in so many other things that have led you down. Yeah, yeah. That have hurt you. Yeah. And now you're at a point where you even doubt that God loves you or cares about you or is your provider. I'm preaching these things and teaching you these things, but you're like, mm, is it true? Is it, no? Or you're not even listening. Why? Because you are so hurt And so much in disbelief that it's even hard to get through. But the good news is, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of a farmer who sows his seed. And that seed has power in itself to grow and to sprout. So today I am just a farmer sowing seed, scattering seed. And wherever that seed falls... If it's good soil, it's going to grow, it's going to (laughs) splatter. Amen. Amen. It's going to grow. Okay? So if you're here and you are hurting and if you are lonely, feeling lonely, if you have been uh, let down in your life in the past and now you're skeptical about loving and opening up to somebody, here's the good news. Here's another good news. God knows your heart. He knows exactly how to reach you. You know exactly what you need. If you're fearful to open up and to embrace relationships, he knows that. He knows exactly how to penetrate and get into your heart. If you are feeling like you're strong, you're independent, you're the do-it-myself kind of guy or girl, you know, you're the choleric and you can take on the world. He knows how to get to your heart. He will begin by showing you that you're not all that. <laughs> so he may allow some failures in your life to break you to show you that it's not by might it's not by power it's by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he wants to lead us to trust God. He wants you to learn how to love him, how to trust him, how to I mean just allow him to fill you with his love, and to trust him in everyday circumstances of your life. So if you're here today, and you're worried or you're in fear, it's because you're trusting in yourself, or you're trusting in a system, you're trusting in a government. All of these things will let you down. But when it does let you down, you can rely and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he will give you comfort in those moments when you're down. He will give you uh, instruction. He will remind you of what Jesus said to comfort your heart. He will give you power to overcome your emotions that are going crazy at the moment. He will do everything that's necessary to make you well, to make you healed, to make you strong, to make you wise, to give you direction, to to stabilize you, to to bring you back to peace. He will do everything that's necessary, but you have to learn how to rely on his power. And you do that how? By spending time with Jesus in prayer and his word. Taking time with him. Don't be quick to fix your problems. Don't be quick to deal with your day. Okay? don't be quick to do all those things before you spend time with Jesus. You know, remember Mary and Martha? When Jesus went to her house, their house, the Bible says that Mary was seated on the floor, ready to listen to all the teachings that Jesus had to say to her. But Martha was busy preparing the food, preparing all the you know, busy with all the do's and busyness of getting the place ready for Jesus, which is good. There's a time and a season for all that, but it, that wasn't the moment, okay? God doesn't want us to sit down and, 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 and read the Bible and pray all day. There's other things that we have to do, but when it's time to pray and to hear what God says, then you can't be busy doing other things, And she was. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're so busy and worried and anxious about all these things. But Mary chose the better part. (laughs) And that will not be taken from her, Jesus said. In other words, what Mary was going to gain by just listening to his teaching and closing herself off from every other busyness around her was going to... be brought into her life, and nobody was going to steal away. What was it that nobody was going to steal away? Her peace, her joy, her contentment, her strength that God was going to give to her right now, the hope that he was going to bring to her heart right now through his teachings. Whereas Martha was busy and he said, you're busy and anxious about so many things. Anxiety will come many ways, but one of the ways is when you're so busy trying to resolve your problems, work your way through things, live a busy schedule every single day life, and you make no room to sit and listen to Jesus. That's why you're so anxious. But the moment you, come, you sit down and you, and, you, and you take your time to pray, to speak to Jesus, and to read his word, the Holy Spirit will be working. He will be making your experience in prayer real and powerful and life-changing, life-altering. He will change your heart. He will get rid of that fear, that anxious heart that you're carrying and give you a heart of uh, the strong that is in peace. You know, peace is actual strength. And then when you get up from that position, you get up from that position of power and you're ready to face whatever's come at, coming at you that day. But see, the Holy Spirit's job is to make that whole experience real and powerful. And there is enough power there to do whatever needs to be done in your life to change you. Okay? Next one is lead us to where God wants us to be. In the book of Acts, it says Paul and his companions, in chapter 16, verse 6, Paul and his companions travel through the region of um, Phrygia and Galatia. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit, look at this, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. Wow. Have you ever tried to do something and go somewhere, and it it seemed like there was a wall keeping you from not going and doing that thing? And you're like, no, maybe I should do this or do that, or maybe I should get this guy to help me. And still, you try and you try and you try, nothing happens. Seems like you're hitting against the wall and bouncing right back. Guess what that is, or guess who that is? That is the Holy Spirit keeping you from something. And why does he do it? Because he loves you. Because he knows that if you keep going in that path, you're going to hurt yourself or destroy yourself. Or maybe you thought it was a good decision. In reality, it's a bad decision. So he will keep you from it. Bible says that he will close doors that nobody can open. And that he will open doors that everybody tried to close on you. So it is the Holy it's the Spirit of God working that way. How do you think we got into this city called Market? Bought this beautiful property. Right? Are we are uh, already renewing it and, and, and re- restoring it and we're you know and we're seeing favor everywhere we go. Why? Because it is the Holy Spirit. Doors were closed, but he opened them. There were times where I just said I just wanted to say forget about it. I'm going to walk away and go someplace else. But he said, "No. The door that I'm opening, I will lead you through." But the door that he closes, you can try to open it as hard as you can. It will not open. If I were you, I would just give up, go back to your prayer closet, and start hearing God, what he has for you. Instead of you trying to make your way happen, to open up your opportunities, stop, go back, and see what he has for you. Because whatever God has for you, wherever he's going to lead you, is pain-free. It's worry-free, and it's not going to cost you anything. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. You're not going to lose your money over it because he will take care of you. Well, God guides you, he will provide for you. It's a cliche, but it's true. Well, God guides, he will provide. So a lot of you are frustrated today because you've been trying to do things in your strength. You've been trying to open the doors that God has shut. And if you keep pursuing, you're going to wear yourself out. It's going to affect your, your health. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your spiritual walk. It's going to affect everything because you're trying to force things to happen. Why don't you just relax? Why don't you just get back to faith and just trust that God is working together all things for you? And if the door is not opening now, maybe it will open sometime in the future. Or maybe it won't open at all. Either way, you're satisfied because you know God has the best, your best interests in mind. Maybe he's got a different door that you haven't seen yet. That's where trust will come in, enough for you to wait until the proper opportunity comes your way, given by God. So it's the Holy Spirit that will close the door, keep you from certain places, keep you from certain people, keep you from certain decisions. He's the one who will just stop everything and say, no, you're not going here. But he does that because he's got something better prepared for you. Even if you don't see it yet, eventually he will show it to you. So don't be frustrated. Some of you are frustrated because you want to have it your way. And the kingdom of God is not Burger King. (laughs) You don't have it your way in the kingdom. You have it his way because his way is the best way. Some of you have been experiencing the pain of having things done your way. (laughs) You're here today and you're hurting, you're angry, and you're resentful because you've been having things done your way. Now it's time to let him do it his way. And if you want to know his way, the Holy Spirit is there to show you his way. Tap your neighbor and say, it's better to do it his way. (laughs) <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Are you here today? Yes, Are you receiving this? Yes. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. And the last one is that the Holy Spirit propels us to preach the gospel. He loved, the Holy Spirit loves the gospel. He loves the message of the cross. He loves the message of Jesus. You know, Acts 1.8, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wow. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of Christ, his resurrection. That he is alive. That he is real. He's true. And everything he said is true about himself. The resurrection proves that. And he says, I'm going to give you power. You shall receive power to go out there in the world and witness the fact that Jesus is alive and his words are true. And if his words are true then there is a God that loves us, that wants to save us. If you're saved already, it's good news. You've already become his witnesses. All you need to do now is get into his power. And the way you get into his power is to surrender yourself more to him by believing him, believing his words. The more you believe him, the more power comes in your life. But if you don't believe him, if if you're not a Christian, then his resurrection proves that his words are true, and that means judgment is coming upon the unbeliever. That's what the world fears the most, is is because the world will have to give account for their sins on judgment day. And the Holy Spirit will reveal that. He will show the world that that there is judgment coming but he will show the church that that there is new life coming, (laughs) a new world coming. There's a future for you that God has prepared for you. So we are witnesses. We are witnesses of the message. We are witnesses of his power. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. And it is his passion, the Holy Spirit's passion, for us to share that with everybody else. You know, we talk about everything else under the sun, Sometimes accept the gospel. The Holy Spirit's desire is for us to share the gospel more than anything else. (laughs) That's his desire. So we have a lot of power. We have a lot of comfort. We have a great teacher. We have all that that shows us and reveals us the Father's love. And we have that now, church, now in us. And working through us, it's a present reality. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, and He has come to stay. He is working. But for in order for that power to work more in your life, you gotta be like Mary. You gotta take time to sit at His feet. You gotta take time to pray. You gotta take time. Read the word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you, remind you of the words of Jesus. You have to take time. And sometimes that time may be in your car while you are parked. Just take five minutes just to pray. That time may be waking up earlier before you actually go out to work. That time may be at night before you go to bed. You take some time to read the word, to to reflect on what Jesus is saying to you, to pray, to, to to try to receive direction and and let him minister to you. It's whatever time you take to hear from him, to reflect on his word. It's time like coming Sunday morning to service and hear his word. And these moments that you have will be the moments um, of many other moments that the Holy Spirit will use to empower you, to help you, to strengthen you, to comfort you, to teach you. So that you can go about your day and face whatever comes your way with strength, with wisdom, with direction, your sense of supernatural protection, your sense of supernatural guidance. He will bring the right people to your path, He will remove the wrong people from across your path. He will bring the best deals and He will bring the contracts that you were hoping for for so long, he all of a sudden he will just bring it to you. Opportunities he will bring. Why? Because he will close doors, but he will also open doors for you. Amen. <laughs> wow. So there's so much that he wants to do and he is, now the good news is he is working already in you. Get that? Make sure you don't, you, you don't forget this and make sure you understand this. He is working Working already in you. But the degree that he works in you, the level of of power and the level of influence that he will have over you will depend on how much time you spend with Jesus in prayer and in the word. Believing his words. So you can walk with little power, little influence. He's still there. But the influence over you against your flesh and everything is very little. That's why a lot of you experience more pain because you're following your flesh and there's little power there than others who do not experience that because they spend more time with Jesus. But what I'm saying is is the power source is there but you have to tap into it. Just like I have many outlets here in this building. They're there. The electricity is there but I actually have to go and plug in my source. Once I plug it in, that's when I begin to experience that power. <laughs> your power source is Jesus. That's your power source. And the more you plug into that power source every day, the more power you're going to see in your life. Okay? So it goes back to that. Because the Holy Spirit, like I said, he's there, but the power can increase, the influence can increase, or it can decrease in your life. It all depends how much time you spend with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to spend as much time as I can with Him. Whenever I find myself, my flesh reigning in my life, you know, in control of my life, you know, I'm worried, I'm fearful, it is a sign that I haven't been spending too much time at His feet. But every time I spend time with Jesus, I find myself ready <laughs> for anything that comes my way. But not in my strength, but in his strength. And that peace that surpasses understanding will, the Bible says, will guard my heart. will keep me strong. It will keep me strong when I hear bad news. It will keep me strong when I face bad situations. It will keep me strong. All that comes from spending time with Jesus. Right? Because remember, the Holy Spirit came not to glorify himself, he came to glorify Jesus and to point us always at Jesus. Amen. Do you receive this today?